Peace and greeting from the sign of the rising sun. This is your boy, your boy Mark Quay. It's Stefan. And we're back at it with another episode. So, shit. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, episode. This is episode 30. Um, episode 30. Big, the big three zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how's your... Um, How's everything been going for you since the last episode? Since the last episode, you know, I had to uh, come home and watch out to my family. My mom got sick, but, you know, she's doing a lot better now. Um, I'm making sure she can make it to her appointments and everything. So I took a little leave of absence from work. I've been grinding, just getting her to her appointments and everything. Just getting uh, everything in order, making sure my brother can get to school and stuff. And, you know, I just got a couple more things I got to get done. But, you know, I got a little time off from work. Yeah. So I've been back home, you know, just getting getting stuff in order. Then I'll go back to work, you know, in a, in a little while. And, you know, go from there. So, yeah, just back with the family, just trying to get stuff in order. You know, just living, you know. True. Hard times, but I always can pull it through. True. True and true. How about you? Uh, for me, it's just been... um. Well, we recorded the last episode, I want to say early last week. It was probably around this time last week, I think. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a week ago. Yeah, like a week ago. Um, Today is the... I'm trying to look and see what day it is. Okay, so today is the 26th. So uh yeah, this this past week for well, since the last time we recorded, uh it's just been for me just, you know, just the regular uh eight to five grind. Then on uh last Friday I had went I went and saw that movie to photograph um with this uh with the date at you know, it it was pretty cool, you know. It was cool to see uh to see to see black love on the the silver screen, you know, for once. It was a it's pretty solid movie. Then over the weekend what did I do? Over the weekend, my weekends have been really me consistent. Well, recently been consisting of uh I I like to binge watch shows. So I I binge watched this show this past weekend called Hunters. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh by the way, Amazon Prime is really good service. And you know, they, they used to and this isn't an ad or you know, not like an affiliate or nothing, but they they used to charge you up front like a hundred dollars to sign up for it um for the a whole year. But I, I recently signed up for it again because you know I was you know I'm in a better financial situation and I was like, you know, might as well since I already use the the fire stick so i signed up and it's only like 13 dollars a month and i got this uh i had bought like a, i got like a new weight scale like to weigh myself and stuff and it came like a day you know and it, the tracking and stuff so it's super fast obviously amazon prime but other than that man other than the, the super fast delivery you know amazon has its own uh streaming service amazon prime videos and this is on Amazon Prime Videos. It has uh, the uh, one of the supporting actors is uh, Al Pacino. 
You know, he's it's his first uh it's his first TV role. But the thing is that, that what really drew me into the show, not only because of uh because of him, is the is what the show is about. The show Hunters, it's about it depicts this group of um these group of people that track down Nazis. They track down Nazis mm. in like the seventies, the, the late seventies in uh New York. And the Nazis, and it deals with the the main character uh, Jonah. He's Jewish of Jewish descent, and it deals with uh, his family, you know, being tied to the Holocaust. His grandmother, and I don't want to give it away, but his grandmother is tied to the to the Holocaust, and um, he he looks to get revenge for what happened to his family. And he, he joins this group led by Al Pacino's character that tracks down Nazis. And, uh, it's, it's interesting, man. They got like an Asian in the group. They got a black woman in the group and they, they touch on it too. Cause like I, I seen online, people were like, uh, they were saying, damn, that they're saying it's again, you know, it's another one of those shows. They trying to paint that narrative that the the Jewish struggle is the same as the black struggle, which it isn't at all, which I can see them trying to relate it and saying it's similar because the black woman, you know, she's got this full Afro. She's full. uh, She's very, uh, it looks like like she's straight out of a black exploitation film. And um, Mm. she, and there's a scene where she goes to meet up with her baby daddy. And he's like, he's like a Black Panther and stuff. He's like, man, when are you going to come back and help your own people and stuff? And she was like, you know, I'm doing this so we can get money so you can keep doing what you're doing. And so she's helping out the Jewish people, you know, track down the Nazis and stuff. But other than that, you know, I looked at it, I was like, you know, I see, I see they're trying to make the parallels between, you know, what happened to the Jews versus what's happening to Blacks, which you can't compare that because what Blacks go through has been going... They've been going through it. We've been going through that for over 500 plus years, you know, and um, yeah, I agree. they got, you know, uh, millions of uh, Jewish people got wiped out. Sure. But I don't think that compares to what we have, what we continue to go through. And millions was wiped out through slavery, if you will, and continue to be wiped out. You know, it's deeper. I feel like it's, it's, it is deeper for us. And you see now Jewish people run uh, media. So they up right now. But in terms of just the show, just something to watch, it's 10 episodes. It's it's actually pretty long. The first episode is an hour and a half. And the rest of the episodes are legit over an hour, each of them. And I think it's really, I thought it was a really good show. You know, certain people like, oh, they're just trying to bash white people and stuff. Like, you know, tracking down white supremacists and shit and Nazis and stuff. But I like, you know, I, I think it's a legit good show. It kind of reminds me of, um, let me think. If you ever seen uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie Inglorious Bastards, it's sort of like that. Yeah. It's yeah, it's similar to that. It's not as uh, graphic with like the violence, but it's similar to that. I would say. And there's something else I'm trying to think. There's another show that it. it it kind of feels like this other show on Amazon Prime called The Boys, which is like a, a superhero, a superhero show where these uh these vigilantes are tracking down superheroes because it's more realistic. The superheroes are are assholes and douchebags and they don't give a fuck about, you know, regular people, civilians. So you got a group of vigilantes tracking them down and taking them out, which is it's a dope concept. 
So it kind of reminds me of that. So yeah, if you if you want something to watch, I was, you know, that's like a drama, that's that's got like some real history tied behind it. Um, it's it's definitely worth watching. It's it's one of the more unique uh, stories I've seen on TV recently. So. Yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. You know, you always we always got to remember, you know, for right now, Hollywood entertainment, um, you know, I guess, quote unquote, Jewish people have control of the narrative. So they're going to be able to paint the entertainment and from their perspective. So, you know, as a minority, I guess they call us, I call myself indigenous because I am. Uh, we always got to look at it. Uh, look, look through the look through the bullshit, basically. Uh, so this is talking about, you know, uh, them trying to have a parallel between the Jewish and the black struggle, uh, the quote unquote black struggle. Yeah. Uh, you know, every, everybody knows it's, it's, it, the oppression continues to uh, to be applied on us on a daily basis. Uh, it's nonstop, you know, uh, school to prison pipeline and, and all kinds of stuff can be can be uh, can be pointed out. That's uh, tactics that are used against us. So. You know, it's it's different. We don't really own anything, but at least a uh, quote unquote American Jew, they they have a uh, ha- they have ownership over certain things. It's because you know they're not really oppressed. Um, and you know we can get deeper into the Nazis, you know, at, at a later episode. Yeah, we st- that we've been uh, planning on. Yeah, we yeah we still got that one episode we haven't put out, but. We can. Con- I think we had a. Uh, did we have a? Did we ever do the part one? We did the part one, but we didn't. We never uploaded it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we just go back. We just throw in depth analysis on how the divine council, you know, feels about about this in detail, you know. But that's just my. This is what I kind of really under really uh picked up on when you were talking about the parallel and yeah. uh, you know we got to keep pushing forward. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that the point of us not owning anything because I think it goes into and mind you we got a lot to talk about um there's a lot that's been happening recently but this is more on a lighter tip I'm trying to go I'm trying to ease into the I guess the more crucial stuff that's going on but yeah let's let we're gonna we go we go this vibe back let's catch a vibe you know and just we're gonna roll into it like we always do so you so know. you you said you mentioned that we don't own anything and I, I think that's important I seen I seen um uh the guy we talked about last week uh the last episode Pop Smoke you know he was killed twenty year old well the thing is is he's a Bro- he was uh from Brooklyn and he allegedly was a a crip and he got killed in L A same place Biggie got killed and Biggie was from Brooklyn now we know what happened when Biggie was killed in L A that sparked the East well yeah that truly that was one of the major things that led with the East versus West Coast beef. Well, there's this guy who's, I guess, supposed to be well connected in New York. Um, let me see if I can let me see if I can find his his name real quick because he he was he was talking about you know people having to uh, to check in to check in to New York after what happened with Pop Smoke. Uh, damn, what is his name? Corey King. This is this guy's name. Corey King. You can look up on, on YouTube. Corey King. He was there. There's a video of him. He got his own YouTube channel, but apparently he's like a real connected individual in New York. Very well respected on the streets. He's, he was in. He's like streaming live on like IG 
and he's like crying, listening to uh pop smoke music, and he's saying this shit ain't right, you know, like that he was like, We go to New York, I mean, we we come to uh we go to LA and we always show love, you know, we don't we don't try no shit like that. But when when uh people from the West come over to the East Coast, they always try to disrespect us. And he's like, you know what, niggas gotta he's like, niggas gotta check in. Cause he one of the people he called out was uh Blueface. Cause you know, Blueface is he's a uh what do you call it? He's a crip, a schoolyard crip or whatever. But he mentioned something about pop smoke, but I think it what he said, it didn't people didn't like the way he said it. Um, you know, he, he said, um, let me see if I can find a tweet real quick that goes into this, because this is a bigger issue that I'm trying to uh talk into. But yeah, Blueface, he he warned artists about coming to LA. This is what this is what Blueface said in on IG. He said people think Cali slash LA is beautiful, sunny palm trees. Niggas die here every single day. I recommend any artist coming this way to get in touch with the right natives just to keep you up to speed soon as you relax and, and think it's cool. This way, that's when they strike. And then he his next post on IG was RIP Pop Smoke. And that's one of the guys, this Corey King dude, said has to check in. He said his manager, Wack 100, got to check in. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm thinking of the bigger ramifications of this because we seen what the East versus West Coast did. And, you know, it was a lot of tension um, between people throughout the 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, and it's right now, I feel like it's uh, people fuck with each other more. But this pop smoke shit could ignite that again because he had that much. He he was only 20 years old, but he was about to become a star for New York and New York. Hasn't really had a star like that, except I mean, we can look at Daniel Hernandez. You know, I ain't gonna give him. I ain't gonna say his name, his his stage name. Daniel Hernandez, that's who he is. You know, he was a star, but we saw what happened with his shit. But this guy was legit in the streets, and he got taken out in L.A. I think, and and people are already saying they think it was set up, and it's in L.A. Come on, man. I, th- I think this could be bigger ramifications, bigger implications. I think it could be the government pulling in, trying to reignite this shit to break us up further apart. Because now you got people saying online, you know, rap is dangerous. And there's another one I wanted to talk about, Jim Jones, the rapper Jim Jones, talking about rap is, it's like being a rapper is more dangerous than uh, being in the um, being in the military right now or whatever, you know? It's like they're trying to, they're you know, systematically they're trying, they're trying to destroy, you know, bring divide us again and conquer us again. Where right when it seems like people are coming together, and at first when that dude was talking about checking in and stuff, you know, he's all emotional, you know, New York, you know what I mean? You gotta check in, man. You know what I mean? You know? And I was like, I, at first I kind of like, I ain't gonna lie, I kind of laughed a little bit because I just. I laugh at like the wrong time sometimes. I just like I, I know he was, you know, emotional and shit. But at the same time, it's like, bro, I'm not checking in nowhere. I go. Like, if somebody Yeah, that check that check in shit is silly. If somebody wants me dead, they'll find a way to kill me. Like, I'm not afraid of death. Like, I don't give a fuck where I'm at. I'm not checking in nowhere. Like, that's how I think. That's how I look at it. But see, I'm not the type of person that goes around and thinks of myself as a gangster. Or a street dude. So I don't carry myself that way. And I don't put myself in those situations to where I can never be tried as one. You know? 
So that that checking in shit is is goofy to me. But at the same time, it's like, man, I think there's bigger, there's a bigger fallout from this because it's just, I feel like it's just another way to tear us down, you know, divide us um, as a whole, not just in rap, but in general. Because he was saying, he was saying, yeah, you know, the whole East Coast going to stand up with us. You know, we, we, we making all these, he pretty much was saying all these West Coast niggas going to have to check in when they on this side or whatever, which I, I think is stupid, but... Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, if you don't get something a certain, certain way, uh, anybody will respect you, even people that try to be against us. That's what everybody... Everybody respects a man that holds himself uh, in 100% truth. And, you know, not all of us are gangsters, and, you know, that's right. You don't hold yourself as a gangster. So people respect that you you understand how that, how, how this shit works. You understand who you are. You know, you can defend yourself and your, and your people, but you about, you about something bigger. You know, you, it, it ain't just about it ain't about the image of being a thug and nothing like that. Some people uh, want to be that, but you know, some people are that, and some people aren't. And it's just you know, you gotta just be true to yourself, and everybody will respect that. And you know, with what you were saying, you know, early on when you were you know introducing us to the top to this topic, my first thing was thinking about East versus West. And it seemed like they ripped 50 Cent Sun, and, you know, it basically was going to be the domino effect of another East versus West, East versus West type of deal as a uh, divide, and, uh, divide and conquer tactic. And, you know, I look, I'm looking at this as a, as a sign that we've actually made some, uh, some, scary, some, some progress and scary to, to the powers at, at hand. We, and I'm, uh, I'm talking about, like, progress when it comes to unity. Yeah. And I, I think that's... that's the, the, right now, they're trying to hit us with this tactic because we've made, we showed that we've, we've become more united in the past uh, few years. And we've been picking up uh, attention like a snowball, uh, you know, going like an avalanche. And I think they're, they're, just, they're trying to use it as a domino, as an initial way of pulling in bigger people to make like an East versus West tactic for assassination or something like this is what it looked like to me. Like, bro, like, this like it was, he was 20 years old, and he wasn't. He was on the verge of becoming a star, and he was just randomly taken out like that in New uh, in L.A. Yeah. of all places. Weird. Sit up. Yeah. But excuse me. Um, that's what I was thinking about. I was definitely thinking about the East versus West uh, thing. But I think the difference this time is that we can see it before it's starting. And, um, you know, it's just showing us that, you know, the vision, the, the 2020 vision is real. I think we, we're, we're able to see this at, at a larger scale of, uh, of people. We're all able to actually break this down from our, from our own perspective. And I think the difference this time is it's not going to really work like it did before. But it's something that we got to definitely bring awareness to. Yeah. Something that we got to definitely bring awareness to. They're about to try to hit us with something. Wow. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be, I mean, like, this thought just came to my head, like, this shit goes spiral up to, like, having, like, Nipsey Hussle versus, like, somebody in, somebody on the East Coast, somebody in Atlanta, Nipsey versus Thug or something like that. Like, you know, something, something huge. Like, I feel like it's going to be, it's, they're going to, they're going to try to make it a regional thing. Honestly, I th- and I think Blueface might be the catalyst for it because yeah, Blueface. He, he, he talks, he's like one of these new rappers that, He's got like that. I don't give a fuck attitude. Like he, 
he's kind of he's like super disrespectful, like low key. And he's kind of I, I think he feels like he's so, you know, confident or whatever. So he's talking about these certain things about coming to L.A. You think this shit's sweet or whatever. Now, when he's coming back over here, he's probably going to get pressed because of saying that. And then that's going to spark some shit because he's he's tied in with the uh, the Crips. So, yeah. It's just goofy. It's goofy all overall. I wanted to, but, I, you know, yeah, I wanted to say one thing about Pop Smoke before we ended uh go on to the next topic. Um if you ever get if you get a chance to look on YouTube, uh he got this song called Christopher Walking. Like, you know, like Christopher Walking's uh Walking. Walking. In the video in, New York. Yeah, in the in the video, he's got literally he's like driving around in the car, right? And in the background, it's like this, it's like um, it's like flashing images. He's got pictures of like Black Panthers, like marching and shit, like it, I, out of nowhere. It don't even make sense why he put that in the video, but he's ra- he randomly has that in his video, and people was yeah, go you go look at his go look at that video by Pop Smoke Christopher Walken. Yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck does he got pictures of Black Panthers in the video, like? Cause, and the song is like, niggas, niggas say they outside. These are some of the lyrics. Niggas say they outside. Send an Addy, we gonna slide. You know, like, um, and he, he's talking about being war ready, pretty much, in the song. Mm. Yeah. So. And that was the first, that was the first soldier to go down. Yeah. That's a domino piece. Yeah. You know, something, something weird gonna come from this, but we gonna keep up with it. Right. And I think this is a good segue into the next like subtopic because these these aren't really major topics. Um, Jim Jones, what I mentioned earlier, Jim Jones, the rapper, he got into a debate online that I think is in, was interesting and should be talked about. Um, a, a military dude got into it with Jim Jones, uh, Iraq war veteran. Because uh, Jim Jones was saying being a rapper is more dangerous than being a soldier. And I'm about to read it directly from Jim Jones's Instagram page, which is Jim Jones Capo. The, the veteran said, heard the comments you made about being a, a rapper is harder than fighting a war in Iraq. You allowed to have your opinion without any facts nor truth to it. But as a vet and hip hop fan, I found it extremely disrespectful and ignorant. Here's some facts. My unit, which fought in Iraq 2004, lost more Marines in two months than rappers in the past three years. Keep talking, but there is zero comparison. Now, this is where Jim Jones responded. Um, he said, here are facts. Every nigga I grew up with is either dead or in jail. So you want to compare death tolls. It won't add you. It won't add up. Add you went to. He's got some gra- grammatical errors. Uh, you it won't add up to army. You never knew or grew up with. I grew up with all these niggas all my life, so it hit different. You want to continue this debate? Y'all was shooting at kids and innocent bystanders in the midst of shooting at the enemy. We was kids shooting at kids, and that mentality split over to success. Remember, you knew who your enemies were. We don't, and everybody knows who we are because of our notoriety. So how how you protect yourself from enemies you can't see? We were we all were the same, wore the same uniform. Everyone was is drippy, but y'all had American uniforms on and the enemy had their uniform on. You had the choice of going to war. 
we didn't. We was at war when we was born, let the church say. So mm. I just I just found that uh this this topic extremely uh interesting because I, I do agree in a sense with what Jim Jones is saying that kids growing up in uh hoods all over America or just like in low impoverished neighborhoods or not just um, single parent households, they go through PTSD that rivals some of these um, soldiers that go overseas. But and I don't think you can really debate that because death is everywhere. Think about some of these kids that's growing up in uh, Chicago. You know, um, like how crazy it, is, it gets out there with the death toll. Like that one summer, a couple summers ago, it was like what over like over fifty people killed or something. Like. You don't know what that does to a child's mind. These reminds you, these people going overseas are adults. This this is ingrained in their head at a young age, and they have to live with that. You know, coming mm-hmm. up, and like he said, like Jim Jones said, <clears throat> they weren't. They it wasn't a choice. They were born into this. So, can you really say that being overseas in Iraq is more dangerous than being? Um, being a rapper nowadays or, you know, being from being from the hood and making it, you know, because of that PTSD. I think that he has a legit um, the, the uh, argument there. Yeah, I mean, it's a battlefield here in America, too. It's, it's been a battlefield. I mean, we are we still at war to this day and we always been at war. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So it's a battlefield here. And, um, you know, I don't. When it comes to trauma like that, a war veteran versus, uh, you know, poverty, a, a citizen that uh, grows up in poverty, I don't think that's not really what we should get into. That's very de- uh, divisive. Um, but with that being said, it shouldn't be light, shouldn't be brought to the subject of what people go through that grow up in poverty and the statistics that, uh, that uh, show, you know, the amount of violence and just trauma that they have to deal with. It's on the same level. Um, if not in certain areas more uh, than d- d- <coughs> certain veterans. Because it's more, it can be more dense in certain areas. It can be uh, generational. Yeah. Familial, you know, it could be, it could, it could be, uh, it could be deep, deep, deeper than just war. Cause it's war here too. Like this, that's what we can't forget. The real war is all is going on here in America. Oh yeah. We we don't really know how we don't know how other countries look at us in other countries, you know, because of propaganda and everything. But starting to look at everything, looking at the big picture, looking at uh, you know, unbiased history. The real war is always is going on here on the mainland. It still is. It's just getting more secretive. Um, covert, it's getting, uh, they're getting smarter, more co- more covert. Yeah, it's uh, more intelligence, uh, and you know, intelligence is loaded. That you know, that just comes from anything, from the from the technology to the actual effort that's put into into everything. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's how I feel about that for real. Yeah, and it goes back to people saying rap is dangerous and. Again, that's divisive at the end of the day. Like, 
you know, rap is culture, you know, hip hop is culture. Black culture is culture, you know, of American culture. American culture is black culture. That's how I look at it nowadays. Synonymous. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they say we don't have culture, but everybody, every uh, race has culture. And, you know, it is, it is, it is, when it comes to culture, it's levels to it. And, you know, a lot of our, a lot of what we, a lot of what we do is infectious. A lot of how we move is infectious. Um, but at the same time, there's negativity within each culture also. And we happen to deal with a lot of negativity within, you know, our, our communities. Yeah. And this is one, this is one, this is one thing, you know, that shouldn't be, light shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just shot away. That's why I agree with Jim Jones fully. I agree with both sides, but I do agree more so with Jim Jones. I respect veterans a thousand percent. I have plenty of veterans uh, that, you know, come, come from my, my hometown and that I'm friends with and stuff. And I respect them, but I'm sure that they will respect my opinion too because they grew up here too. Right. You know, they grew up here too and we all don't take the same path. Right. All right, so moving on to the next topic, and I'm pretty sure you probably, you probably done some research on this. Your, you know, your quarterback spoke out about this. Um, the NFL collective bargaining agreement. There's a new proposal that was issued uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday's meeting, and uh, this is coming directly from NFL.com. Included in the latest proposal are the option to expand to a 17-game regular season, an increase in players' share of total revenue to at least 48%, and the expansion of the playoff field to 14 teams beginning in 2020. Owners agreed to remove $250,000 cap on a 17th game check for existing contracts, but rejected a proposal to shorten offseason, Pelissero reported. Several uh, NFL players spoke out against this. One of them yeah. being the biggest names is Russell Wilson. And this is directly from his uh, his Twitter account. He, he said the NBA and MLB are doing it right. Players come first. All NFL players deserve the same. We should not rush the next 10 years for today's satisfaction. I vote no. Um, Alshon Jeffrey backed him up. Uh, you got other people, Allen Robinson, get the franchise tag out the new CBA. Um, Cameron Jordan is just, he was like, no cap, continue. 17th game, we catching an extra bye week for this. Longer break before last wow. season game to reg- regular season start. Marcus Pouncey, he was like pissed off. Like he he made a video, um, which I honestly, I think it would be better if I played it than to just uh, recite because he was like he was visibly uh, upset about it. Um, other people such as uh, Richard Sherman, he he actually wrote about it. Let me see if I can. Richard Sherman said, "Health and wellness of our men is always the most important aspect. There is no price you can put on that, and that is why I voted no. I respect the men that have been a been part of this discussion and stood up for their locker rooms. And you, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, he wrote like a a long like note about it. Um, and I let me see. 
Yeah, and Rogers, yeah, Rogers agrees with what Richard Sherman was saying. So you got stars. A lot of these stars are saying no to this. Like adding an extra game, like why? Like, you know, and expanding the playoffs like to 14 teams, like that just seems excessive. And you know, I seen people were saying on on like Twitter um with Russell Wilson, they're like, you get paid like 30 million a year. Like, why do you care at the end of the day? And like I'm thinking to myself, it's like he can't legitimately be thinking about the guys like on the, you know, that don't really get paid like that. That's on the practice squad that might play a game or two in the season. He might not, he can't legitimately not be looking, he can't be looking out for them. Like, I mean, I mean, he came from a six round pick. Yeah, Russell Wilson seen. He was on his rookie contract for a little while, so he knows how it comes out if it'll come up. Yeah, and um, let me play this. Uh, Marcus Pouncey video real quick because he he sounded off on this. Here it is. Let me see if I let me know if you can hit it. Can you hear that? Yeah. Was a uh, Marcus or Marquise Pouncey, you know the the um the center for the Steelers? He was visit, you know, pissed off about it. And I agree with what he said. These guys got a lot more money than those guys from decades ago, so they really can. They got more leverage to work with on this. And it's again, it's the NFL. It's just again trying to get over on people. It's trying to get over on these players and make them put their bodies at risk, you know, at, at a higher rate of getting potential of getting injured. But then again, at the same time, the money at the end of the day, it, it doesn't, it, it trickles down because yeah, these, there's going to be extra money, but where that money more so is going to the top and it's coming down. It's a top, bo- top to bottom um, approach. If you get what I'm saying, so I definitely see. I I definitely understand. I get the the sentiment from these players that have spoken out, and um, again, this is going to bring more attention to the XFL. People are just getting tired. Well, have been tired. I haven't watched the uh, NFL game from start to finish in like two years. Um, so yeah, I I I agree with what they're saying, and it's just people saying, you know, fuck it, like we deserve more. And expanding, come on, man! Expanding the playoffs already, like why? I don't, I don't agree with that. That pressure, it's that pressure, <clears throat> it's that pressure. And I want to correct myself. I think I said Russell Wilson was like a six-round drive pick. I think he was like a fourth. But he, the point is, he knows how it comes, how it feels to come up. So I can, I can see how some of these players really, uh, really legitimately may feel for the players that might not make as much because some of these players have coming up they've came up 
that came from, you know, you know, like basically living check to check as a player in the NFL to get to that big contract. And I think this shit goes all the way back to the XFL, which in my opinion is actually, I actually really like it. I think it's just getting better every week. Um, and I think that they're applying that pressure. And I think with this collective bargaining agreement, the NFL should hopefully retrospectively thank the players. Because I think if this was to get signed, this would be like committing business suicide, I think. I really think it would be. I mean, let's be let's be real. It's already too much fucking football. And I mean football, too much NFL. It's already too many NFL games today. Yeah. Today. It's already too many NFL games. So they're talking about adding one more game. On top of the fact that they want to expand the playoff. Now, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. That's too many games, dude. And on top of the fact that they got this concussion stuff going on. Fatigue. fatigue, And that's what we... We got... Like, we got... They got a big... They got a big... They got a big thing going on with the concussion uh, lawsuits. And that's what we know right now. We never know, like... It could be some other stuff going on with football players that have played football that long. They could be uncovered within this next the next few years or so. And I feel like this is going back to the fact that this decade we're gonna have three, we're gonna have three leagues. We're gonna eventually have three football leagues. It's gonna be hella competition. And right now uh, the pressure is being applied early by the XFL on the NFL. And this might be if this this might be one of the the way the way that they're looking, the way that they're maneuvering with these CBAs, and you know, with, with how they're handling retirement, you know, NFL should really tread lightly and you know figure it out. I feel like they're panicking. I don't feel like really any any uh, many avid, avid NFL or football fans want to see more NFL games, let alone an expanded playoff. Not we don't want to see both. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's just these owners are full of shit, you know, like they've always been. You know, they they they, they say they give a little bit more, increase the percentage of revenue to players just a little bit more, you know, estimated up to $5 billion more money-wise, but at what cost? At what cost another an extra game? And then on top of that, expanded playoffs? Like, it's, yeah, it, you got to work more for it. It's, I, I don't agree with that. You know, I think, like you said, it's, there's already too many games. The 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 fatigue by the end of the season kicks in. Injuries pile up. You know, it's not worth it at the end of the day, in my opinion. And XFL is uh, something to be looked at, looked upon. Um, and, yeah, a lot. The only thing the XFL really has to work on is the quarterback play. The quarterback players really like luster, but I think the overall speed of the game, I feel like they got this. I feel like Jesse Man knows what the hell he knows what he's doing this well, time. It's interesting. It's- yeah, um, I mean, I do think a lockdown, a lockout, not lockdown, but a lockout is possible with this. Um, mm. You know, with all of these major players saying that they disagree with the proposed deal. Yeah, I think it's it's headed that way. So we'll see what what happens with this. All right, so moving on to the next topic, and this was a big bigger topic uh, in entertainment. The biggest, I think, biggest news is a uh, Harvey Weinstein. 
Harvey Weinstein was convicted of um, on two out of five counts against him. His uh, scheduling is sentence. His uh, sentencing is scheduled on March 11th. All right. So his conviction says he he forced a sexual act, but not sexual intercourse. He was also convicted. Okay, he was convicted on first degree criminal sexual act. That's five to 25 years in prison. The next conviction was third degree rape, um, which is uh, like no time to five years in prison. So he's facing between five to 25 years in prison for a forced sexual act that was not intercourse, but only zero to five years for actual intercourse without consent. So looking at this, at the end of the day, you know, he got off light. He got off extremely light. Yes. You know, I, I was at one point, I was thinking he was going to get acquitted of all charges, but he actually did get committed. You know, he got committed for, you know, two out of five, but they're not the big ones. They're not the major ones. He got committed. I mean, he got convicted for the third degree and the first degree in criminal sexual act. So up five to 25 years, I don't see him serving more than five years. And I see that being the max at the most. If he was to serve five. Yeah, he's already, they say he was already rushed to the hospital um, after, I guess, like a day after the the um, the the hearing. And yeah, for a man, a Hollywood elitist like Harvey Weinstein to get away with all of these crimes pretty much is bullshit. And it really puts into perspective Me Too. It puts into perspective what Me Too really stands for, what they really are fighting against. And it makes me think about Bill Cosby. Because I think I'm looking at what Bill Cosby would in for and what this dude had going against him. And I'm like, why isn't he being, he's not being, as, I feel like he's not getting as pressed as Bill Cosby was. And when the Bill Cosby news broke originally, I was one of the first people when I seen it to say, fuck Bill Cosby, fuck the Cosby show. He hated on the younger generation of black entertainers. This is what he gets, you know, it's karma. You know, all these women, primarily white women, um, saying that he raped them. You know, there was those weird interviews where he was talking about the Spanish fly, you know, and drugging women and shit. And that shit was creepy as fuck. And you can look it up on YouTube. Um, well, I yeah, never saw there's it. There's an interview where he's joking about it, um, the, the drug. But I'm... Well, he's not really joking, probably though, not, probably. At the same time, I'm looking like I don't believe he actually raped those all those women. And I don't, I think a lot of it, that I think a lot possible. of it was these women were trying to get ahead in their careers and they slept with him. And years later, they put this on him because of who he is. And I think it also, again, had to do with him trying to buy NBC at one point. But it makes me think, like, was he, I mean, like, what is Me Too really about? Because... They put right. so much effort into trying to stop him. Like, so much effort into trying to stop Bill Cosby. Um, and at the end of the day, Bill Cosby was, he was, um, his conviction 
was three counts of sexual. Let me see. Three counts of sexual assault. Yeah. Was found guilty April 26, 2018, of three counts of aggravated indecent assault against a Toronto woman after a, ju- a jury uh, trial. He was sentenced to three to 10 years in state prison and a $25,000 fine plus court cost of both trials. Um, and he appealed it last year and the appeal was, uh, the verdict was upheld. So I'm looking at this like, what was it like? 50 women came out against him? And I feel like there's even more with Harvey Weinstein, but his shit was like slept, like swept under the rug down there until we just heard all of a sudden, oh yeah, he got convicted. Two two of the lesser convictions, you know, we'll slap him, slap a wrist, slap the uh, handcuffs on his wrist. You know, we're going to save five years, but he'll be out in like three with good behavior. You know? So I just look at this like it's bullshit. Just like the Me Too movement, I think it's full of shit. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't. I think the media they just they'll find another way to bring this back onto the black man. I think it all can come back full circle because they'll bring. I think they'll tie this back in with um, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, and just to and. They'll take the pressure off of Harvey Weinstein. Yes, <clears throat> that's like this where they where they heading in the direction or whatever. Um, but I think Weinstein may have not he may have not committed all those uh, sexual assaults. I haven't really kept up with the details of it because I still feel like at the end of the day, beyond race. A part of this also is an attack on masculinity because a lot of these, a lot of what they're trying these people for, for what they're actually convicting them for, uh, what like terms like, uh, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, these ambiguous terms, um, it's got me more concerned because it seems like it's setting the precedent also to, uh, really put a lot of us at risk later on in the future. Uh, and this is on a bigger scale. Um, but, in detail, in detail with Weinstein, I don't think Weinstein, I think he will get convicted and will serve a little time from what they say, but I think he'll basically die of a heart attack a little bit into his sentence. And, you know, I still think they're going to just sweep this under the rug. Something's about to be pulled back up. Something with Cosby or something. It's going to be another attack on the black, on, on the black man. Because, you know, we all can't forget when uh, that, uh, Surviving R. Kelly or whatever that shit was when that shit came out. They had damn near every woman in the fucking planet thinking that every black man was a damn sexual motherfucking yeah. deviant. Man, that shit was sick, man. I was like, dude, man, they really trying to they really trying to fuck with us. And it seems like they're gonna try to, you know, either bring R. Kelly back in the media or you know, they're gonna just sweep it under the rug. Where is me too? Right. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. You know. It's not fun. It's not fun to them to attack their own husbands. Yeah. 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 Uh. Um, so moving on to another topic in the entertainment industry. And this um, this one just came to mind because I was laughing at like the like, you know, the video when I seen him do this shit. Uh, this is Snoop Dogg. 
You know, Snoop Dogg went on to um to Jada Pinkett's show, which is Red Table Talk. And he just, he went up there apologizing for um, coming at Gail King over what she's, uh, the question she brought up, uh, the sexual assault allegations against Kobe and her interview with uh, Lisa Leslie. And, you know, he called her out. He called her out of her name and made threats or whatnot. But it was just to her. You know, it was just to her because he, I guess he understood, he understood what she was doing and she was trying to put dirt on Kobe's name. And yet here he is backtracking like clockwork, apologizing. Because you know why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much uh, Forbes says his net worth is and, you know, how much bread he actually has. That shit can get cut off just like that because of this entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. So he had to turn back around and apologize. And what other way better than right now to apologize than to appear on Miss Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk? Now, I didn't watch, I don't think the episode is out yet, but I saw the clip where Jada Pinkett Smith was talking about healing. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing to Snoop with his, his goofy ass look on his face, she was like, when you called Gail King those words, I felt like you were you were saying that to me. I felt like you were saying that to all women. And here it is. Here is the agenda that we talk about all the time with this women empowerment, these uh, feminist shit. She's over here trying to make Snoop out to be a monster and condemning all women, specifically black women, when he was specifically talking about one black woman and who's actually has ties to Harvey Weinstein. Go figure. Mm. So I just looked at this and I seen people on Twitter, women, black women saying, look, look at Snoop um, up there trying to apologize. He's just another man that hates all black women or some bullshit. I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, they're really dividing us right now, more than ever. And Jada is a part of, she's an, she's an agent. She's a part of the agenda as well, you know? And Snoop up there looking all goofy and sad. He knows he got a tap dance so he don't get financially cut off, you know, from white mommy and daddy. He just don't want his helicopter to get shot down yeah. also. Yeah. That's why he backtracked. Mind you, they're doing all this in Black History, quote-unquote, Black yep. History Month. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> There's something going on in the stars. There's something going on. Um, you know, the unity is, has been, it's been strong, but it could, it, this ain't going to phase us. Like, it's going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect a lot of us, but we're just going to keep building and uh, keep on trying to, you know, build this foundation, rebuild this foundation. And push forward, but you know we can actually see it's interesting how how we can see this shit unfolding in front of us. Snoop just showed up. He just showed up, tap dance, left and right, up and down, you know, backtrack, put that bitch right in reverse, and uh, you know, it looks straight up goofy. Yeah. Got emasculated on straight TV, yeah. you know. Without you know, you stand up for what you got to say because we thought you don't. We, we know with what girls with how Gail King with how she acted. And with, with what she said, we know with the rational mind, with the logical mind, 
he's not talking about all black women. Yeah, we get that, but it's like, you know, this is a, this is a part of the ashamed ritual. But hey, that's the shit he's in. If he want to be a weak spirit and uh, you know, deal with that type that type of shit in that way, that's on Snoop. You know, you you, you can lose you can. You can lose, you get respect lost, you know. You can lose respect in this game. You know, with how you, how you act, how you, uh, how you, uh, go about your business. You know, now he's a, he's a, um, murderer slash that, uh, snitched, but now backtrack like this. Probably was part of the reason wow. why Pac was killed, if we being honest. Jealous on Pac. Jump sides left and right. Come on now. Let's really talk about the truth. Besides the persona, let's talk about the truth. You know, he got to, he got to get, he got to yeah, get. Yeah, let's shit stop right. looking at these. And again, like we've, I feel like I can speak for myself um, on this for sure. I just look at these entertainers as nothing but entertainers. They don't speak on my what's what's right for me or my family. These motherfuckers are clueless. They got money. They don't know what to do with it. You know. They're they're bots at the end of the day. They're 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 rope they're they're remote controlled, you know. So people like him going up on IG, calling Gail King out. People's cheering, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck this, fuck. And then him apologizing, and they like, man, why you backtrack? Why you why you put so much energy into this motherfucker? Like, who is he? Yeah, in the he's first a place. fucking entertainer at the end of the day. That's all he is. He don't speak for me or mine. Never will, never has. So that's I mean, that that's all it is. But I just thought it was, you know, it was interesting enough to the comment on because I don't know, I just saw the memes and stuff. I just was laughing because I was like, of course, like clockwork, he apologized. And, and like kind of like how we expected. It, it's like we kind of expected it. Hindsight 2020, but we kind of expected it in a weird yeah. way. Um, so moving on to more serious uh, topic, um, uh, the the coronavirus. Coronavirus is uh is spreading faster than I, I feel like most people can even keep up with the news. Um, actually, right now in New York, this is uh, important to hear. Now, this is based off of a report from the New York Post that I'm reading. 83 people in Nassau County are being monitored for possible coronavirus exposure. Now, that's now, insane. According to uh, according to New York Post, they've been these 83 people have under been asked to undergo a two-week voluntary quarantine from the date that they traveled to China or had contact with someone infected with the virus. And, you know, Trump uh, actually just spoke this uh, this evening. Well, he's, yeah, he spoke earlier about the coronavirus in a press conference. And, um, yeah, this shit is, this shit is no, it's no joke. Uh, you better stack up on your mask. It's no joke. It's uh, we we we, we got it. Man, it's, it's about to get real. It's here. 
you know, population control is a real thing. And I think this is what it is, is population control. You know, it's another, another Ebola. Notice how uh, coronavirus popped off and boom, no more in Hong Kong. No, you don't hear no more about it. Yeah. Uh, nothing about it. And then every time all the cancer pieces start falling, I'm going to tell you right now, they want, they want to quarantine us. And they want to try to get the guns away in a clever way. And they may try to get Booty Judge up in there. He may try to get our guns taken away so we can get quarantined. If they try to lock us the fuck down. So this shit is about to get... It's about to be a shift, though. I think it's going to happen. It's going to be It's gonna be do or die. It's going to be do or die. Trump might get assassinated, and they're going to try to get... They might put booty jabs up in there. They're going to try to take our guns away. This coronavirus shit is going to linger around for a good little while. And then, boom. They're going to try to get them... They're going to try, I think. It might not work. I don't think it's going to work. But they're going to try. But they, the whole goal is to get us quarantined. Because with the quarantine, like... If you in a way, if you disobey a quarantine uh, through law, they can they can start a, they can start killing you and shit, fucking with you and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, and you got to get checked out. So I'm gonna add one last thing: you got to get checked out by them to get the to figure out if you got the virus. You know, it's not something that you can just know you nah, got. Yeah, the symptoms. So are you know, visible. I mean, or you can get that shit while you going to get checked out. And not going, going healthy well, and leave sick. Yeah, That's what they say. These, I mean, of course, if you look at what the symptoms are, it's pretty much the same as the flu. Like, and a lot of people are un, don't know, they are not showing symptoms too. You know, so it's it's hard to to monitor, and it's just a matter of time before it it's, continues to spread uh, nationwide. You know, um, but yeah, I I see that I see that being a possibility for sure. With the gun situation, um, them trying to isolate us and bring in the military, the state, the martial law, I can see that coming. Again, though, man, I you know, like I said before, population control is real, and this is just another form of it. You know, like H1N1, mm-hmm. Ebola, it's just the next, it's just the next disease, and well... I don't know if you, not disease, virus, and a long line of them that will continue, you know, for the, 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 for the, um, the elite's um, agenda to keep pushing to the masses. And again, you know, if you're an adult and you're thinking of getting like a, a vaccine, I would think twice about it. I would think really twice. I would think hard about that. Before I put my hands and yeah, you know, to the people, you know, to who don't they don't even really understand what this shit is necessarily. You know, most of them don't, but the the elites do. So yeah, man, it's just a just a bad situation all over. Thousands of people have already died from the virus in China, and this is this has implications. This has a, a lot of implications for us, not just like uh, in health, but the economy. Because if if we're getting cut off, if we're getting cut off this from China, is- with China makes such like makes a lot of stuff for us, and we you know we do a lot of trades with 
China. Um, entertainment industry, you know, big with China. They get cut off from us because of this. We could be really fucking hurting, like, you know, coming up soon. And um, take major hits. And, yeah. So it's just something to, to you know, keep your eyes on. Because this is something that's not going to go away anytime soon. And, yeah, just uh, just be prepared. All right. Um, I, I, I agree. I want to add a little bit to it. Um, but with what you were saying about, you know, it's going to linger around a little bit longer. It's going to linger around a little bit longer. And I think it's, it's, it's looking like it's a... Uh, early signs of a biological weapon that was uh, intentionally exposed. And that's scary because, they, they, you know, they've been doing this shit. This is just going to show that they've been doing this shit and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, and I just seen a report that's saying, you know, it's about to ramp, it's about to come to Africa, if I'm not mistaken. So, Yeah. And I, I, I want to say this too. I think the line, I think the line about the dev toes, I think the dev toes are probably in the millions by now in Asia because of just how dense the population is and how it's spread. It's a pandemic. I think that they have been lying about the death, the death count. Just for uh, the big reason why is uh, economically. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, Especially with like you know some of these doctors that were faking and acting with the coronavirus, they helped to to perpetuate it to where it is now before it was even a real threat. You know some of these doctors that assisted and uh, saying that they you know did mm-hmm. research on it and whatnot, and they it, they were frauds. So yeah, definitely with the those numbers. Who knows? You know, those are estimates. All number, all numbers are. Because I mean, think, think about, think about it like this: they leave it to the county or individual state or whatever, like to report the number of deaths. So, like a state that sees, or a, a certain region that sees that they're quarantining other regions where they have a high, a high number of cases of coronavirus, and they're seeing how how, how it's decimating the area. Excuse me. They're trying their best to cover up the number of deaths so that they're not the next area to be quarantined by the uh, Chinese government. So they're trying to make it to where they don't be quarantined because the quarantine lock basically locks everything down over there before their government is set up. Like the way they quarantine, <coughs> active quarantine, involuntary quarantine is like prison. It's like jail. It's like a, um, a military state, yeah. basically, on steroids. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh this is something that's big and this is something that is we you know we'll continue to uh discuss in the coming uh months, weeks, however long until they come up with a uh I guess an alleged uh cure or whatever, if that happens. We'll see. All right, so I think it's a good time to move into the next topic, which leads right in to, uh, that uh, a good uh, segue came from you 
talking about using the coronavirus to bring back gun control because we just had another mass shooting happen today. And uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, we had a mass shooting. Um, CNBC reports uh, the gunman killed five people at uh, a Milwaukee brewery before taking uh, his own life. And the shooter is, uh, let me see. The suspect is was a 51-year-old Milwaukee man who died from a fatal gunshot wound. And yeah, they said five people, five people were killed Wednesday by a gunman during a rampage on the Milwaukee campus of Molson Coors. And Trump, Trump spoke out about it, obviously. And yeah, you know, it felt like what? When was the last mass shooting? Like just like a look, maybe a little less than a month ago. You know, at this point, they got us so desensitized, including myself, that I don't even. I haven't checked the news in a couple hours, so it's my first time oh, hearing wow, about yeah. this. Yeah, this just broke um, a couple of hours ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's my first time hearing about this, and you know, in regards to your statement about when was the last mass shooting. Um, I have no clue. I feel like it's like on a weekly basis we have we have some type of mass violent incident. Um, so I don't. I'm 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 not quite sure, but it's it, this is grim. It's grim. It's not going to stop happening. It's not going to stop happening. It's going to get worse and worse and more violent until the guns are gone out the, out of, out of the household. Yeah. Watch. That's. I think that's the whole key at this point. Because they can't do what they want to really do when people have big guns in a household. Because we already have more power than they have. And if we would continue to you know, be a collective, we've already done this. Our ancestors already done this one time with the revolution. Now it's just more of us and we have guns within our households. Like we have the power. We have the power. Period. This is why China is gonna be absolutely decimated. And it's hard for me to believe that they'll be able to recover from what's going on right now. I think it, I think the the big thing is because they're basically committing war against their citizens, and their citizens have absolutely no way to defend themselves. Period. So they're going to get power hungry with this, which they have already kind of did with the quarantine and everything. And you know, I think that that's the that's the ultimate that's the big next ultimate goal in the United States is to get them guns, man. Well, I will say that gun control has been a topic for years and years and years, but nothing has been done about it, truly. Um, it's, a, it's a slow-moving process with this, with uh, laws on it, and, you know, the NRA is not going to give up their guns easily as they're deep in the pockets of these, uh, these uh, politicians. So, you know, they're the lobbyists for, you know, help making them decide on the rules for guns and whatnot. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's something that will, I think, will happen over time that guns slowly will be removed. I don't think it's going to happen as soon as some people may think it, it happens. Like, you know, say by the end of the year, you know, they ban guns or what or some shit nationwide. 
household or something like that. I don't think that's what's going to take place. I think over the next decade. Um, yes. Yeah. I think it's going to pick up steam over the next decade. Big steam. Is when we'll see something. By the end of this decade, I think we'll have some major uh, law changes with uh, guns in the U.S. Um, so move uh, on to the next topic. And I think it's a good topic to bring up. We could talk quickly about this. Um, I know you mentioned Pete Booty Judge. And to go off on a, a slight tangent real quick, um, <laughs> Pete, you know, I, I, I ain't really never heard him speak uh, speak before. I, I watched a video because I watched a video of his and um it's a video he's on stage and you know he's campaigning and a nine-year-old boy comes on stage and the reason that the nine-year-old boy comes on stage is because he wants Pete's help with something. That something is uh him coming out. Wow. Mind you, the kid the kid is nine years old. Um and Pete, you hear Pete talk, which is it's kind of to hear his voice, he kind of reminds me, his voice kind of reminds me. You can I'm getting like a lot of bad breakup in the background from like I think when. Oh, I'm oh, sitting okay. in the car. I guess maybe it's just because you're you're moving around a lot. Yeah, I think my mic was hitting my jacket when I was uh, I was moving my hair. It probably was hitting my jacket. How does it sound better. now? But yeah, I'll, all right. Let me know if it comes if it uh, if, if right. it happens again. So yeah, I was saying, you know, Pete was on stage with this nine year old kid. Nine year old kid says he wants Pete to help him come out or whatever. And you hear Pete Pete's voice. He he almost reminds me of Obama the way his voice sounds, which is kind of it's kind of strange mm. to me. Um. And you know Obama was a you know pro gay president or whatnot, but um, I just thought it was weird. It looked like a PR stunt. It looked so fake, like how the kid came on stage and you know the people in the background chanting, you know, clapping and shit. I'm like, this is clearly a PR move. Um, like the kid at nine years old knows kid. I, I don't think a kid at that age should know what sexuality is. Honestly, parents just sacrificed them for you know, tuition for his college, you know, um, it's just, I mean, it just seemed it so fake, but back to what I wanted to talk to original talk about originally, which was the update in the democratic party. And I know you mentioned earlier about him, you know, potentially becoming president, but realistically right now it's looking like Bernie Sanders is going to get the democratic nomination. Um, okay. and, yeah, they you know they just they just had this uh, debate in South Carolina, and it's just a lot of you see a lot of bickering on stage from clips, you know, of some of the candidates you know taking shots at one another, like Biden, live you know several people taking shots at him, fucking Mike uh, Bloomberg, you know there was that viral clip of uh, Elizabeth Warren taking shots at him like a week ago. And, you know, it's just a lot of back and forth between the candidates. More so it feels like, you know, just personal shots, not on actual issues. And on top of that is um, Bernie Sanders. 
he's got the strongest following and right now, you know, he's looking like the nomination and yeah, I just thought that was interesting how things have turned out with this because that when it first started, I thought Biden was going to be in the lead, but you know, all that stuff with his uh his 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 uh junkie son, you know, mm-hmm. that 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 fucked up his chances and Biden being a creep also I think plays a factor into it. Can't relate to the uh, millennials or the Gen Xers. Yeah. So now he's back to pandering, you know, tweeting out the Supreme Court needs a black woman, you know, to be in there or whatnot. Trying, you know, he's pandering or whatever. He's he knows it's about it's almost a rap for him. You know, he was uh he was Obama's uh weed carrier for eight years so now you know he's trying to step into the spotlight but it doesn't look like it's happening because it looks like uh bernie is going to be the one that leads the nomination right now uh well get the nomination so i just wanted uh your takes on what's been transpiring with this yeah uh bernie uh 70 something years old with a shitty heart he won't even last four years with that type of stress so, I mean, it's just looking, man, it's looking weird. It can go in many different directions. Uh, it's a good entertainment show that they're giving us, though. I'm, I'm saying, like, it can go in many different directions before this can play out. Yeah. I think I think it's going to, like, this is going to be big. This election is going to be huge. Like, they're all big, but this one's going to be, this is going to be big. Because we're looking at a possibility of a big shift from what we already like, from how we're living life right now. It could be it could be a positive shift, but I mean, you know, I'd have to do more research. From what I'm seeing, you know, a lot of Bernie Sanders uh, politics talking about increasing taxes and stuff. Like I don't necessarily, from on the surface, without doing a deep analysis, I don't agree with that. Um, but you know, I, like I said before, it's all. It's a big game. They already know what's going to happen. But we got to see it play out. I mean, I'll, I'll just look at it as them redistributing redistributing uh, white wealth at the end of yeah. the day. And I, don't, I still don't see one candidate speaking for black issues, truly. You know, I just feel like they're going to give us nickels and pennies again. So that's why I'm not really interested in it. But I know that it is important to at least be aware of what's going on. So, yeah, we will, uh, you know, we'll continue to follow that as the election gets closer. We're we're less than nine months away until election day. So it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, yeah, it's flying up. Time is flying. Uh, The next thing I wanted to talk about is a recent uh, ruling that happened that honestly this should have happened a hundred years ago, but now they they finally decided to pass this. And what I am uh, talking about is the new Emmett Till Emmett Till law that just passed. Uh, well, the bill that is it's an anti lynching bill. Yeah, anti anti lynching bill that passed this. Uh, was it today or yesterday? Yeah, passed today. Uh, And this is from uh, NBCNews.com. You can look it up. It took 120 years 
for this bill to finally pass, uh, anti-lynching bill. The Senate unanimously passed the legislation last year. It designates lynching as a federal hate crime punishable by up to life in prison, a fine, or both. And they're naming the bill Emmett Till Bill. Also, I, I think it's important for the listeners to know that the woman that said Emmett Till was looking at her and is the reason he was mutilated and killed, she later admitted that she made it all up. So there you have it. You know, just another day for a black person in society. You know, I, I, I think it's important to to look at it like this, like with the trauma that we were mentioning earlier with, uh, with what Jim Jones was talking about. Just to be a person of color in this society, shit, be black in society, it's for, you deal with trauma every day. Just our, our existence, like every day, something. It doesn't matter how, pop, how powerful you think you are, how successful you think you are, you still go through something at the end of the day at, at all levels. You know, it resonates. You know, a lot of people say black, you know, black don't crack. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, it's a lot of us, a lot of black kids, five, 10 years old, that damn got minds of 40 or 50 year olds already. Old souls. Because of the, it's the, because of the, the souls that our ancestors that's passed that are still embodied, that still embody us to this day. Past lives, that still memories, all that passes to us this day. You know, I, I'm in my twenties and my my beard is already graying out. You know, mm -hmm. and I look at it, a lot of times people, you know, would say, "Damn, that's crazy." You know, I look did research and stuff. A lot of it goes back to you know it says stress or whatnot, but I don't feel stressed at this point in my life. I mean, I feel like. It deals more. With, I think I, it, to me, if I think it has more to do with uh, this lady I know when I was uh, younger, Miss Braswell. I think it has more to do with wisdom. At the end of the day, I think I'm understanding more at this age, and the more I understand, the the older I get. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, yeah, man, we we gotta we gotta be adults at the age of fucking ten years old. We gotta be young age. Yeah, you hear you hear that pop smoke rapper who was twenty years old. He sounded like he was forty. Like, you know, it's just you know, it's a shame. It's a shame we don't get to live our lives like that. And for them, for it, for it to take over a hundred and twenty years for this this bill to pass is fucking crazy. That's just uh, a testament of the type of society that we live in here in America. Yeah. No, you know, that just shows the type of society we live in, man. It's, it's working. It's, it's crazy. And it makes you think, well, they put this bill in, but we still getting lynched on a daily basis. Yeah. So what What, what effect is, does it, is it really about to have? Or what effect is it going to have? Yeah, I don't. I don't see it making any type of difference. 
But it's just, hey, it's just, a, you know, Black History Month. Let's let's give you all some a Black History moment. So we'll pass this bill for you finally. Took over 100 years to pass it. But, yeah, it's, it's there now. Um, on a, a brighter note, I saw this uh, Instagram post from this, uh, this account that I follow called National Black Guy. They post a lot of positive, uplifting messages. And they posted something today that I thought was uh, intriguing. And I'm about to uh, pull up the post real quick. So we can touch on it real fast. Um, it's about a cure, and I know I mentioned earlier about you know they're gonna they're gonna eventually say you know they're they're gonna look for a cure for the coronavirus if there is one in the coming months or whatnot, and we'll just continue with that. You know, we'll we'll continue to see how that plays out. The uh, the pandemic, the the pandemonium, if you will. But on this uh, Instagram post, National Black God, and this is really some, uh, damn, it's going to make me log into it on, my, on the computer. Let me see if I can look at the post on my phone real quick. It's about a cure for cancer. Now, this is some real black history. According to this post, Dr. Hadia Nicole Green, HBCU grad, member of Delta Sigma Theta, is the first person to cure cancer with laser technology. Mm. According to Black Culture News, she received a $1.1 million grant to expand her nanoparticle cancer treatment research. As the founder of Aura Lee Smith Cancer Research Foundation, Dr. Green's revolutionary nanoparticle technology does not require patients to undergo chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, and was found to successfully cure cancer after testing on mice within 15 days. And her name is Dr. Hadia Nicole Green. You can find this post on National Black Guide on Instagram. And I'm just, I just was like, damn, that's, that's incredible. That's that's a that's a breakthrough in uh, medicine, you know, that technique, and them not having to undergo any chemo or radiation. That's 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 huge. Yeah. How much like I know with you working in the healthcare, how much do y'all work with like lasers, if at all? Well, uh, that's not something that you will see as a nurse at the bedside, but uh, for surgeries, you will see um, they use different techniques for minimally invasive surgeries. Um, you know, they'll use different robots, um, cauterization tools, which are kind of like, kind of like lasers. Yeah. They use, yeah, they, they use technology. Yeah. They, they use some shit that like these certain surgeries now that we're doing now, like minimally invasive, invasive techniques with robots and stuff. Um, these would be like big time major procedures, probably even like a decade ago. Like, you know, like they used to do a Whipple, what they call a Whipple procedure. It's where they take out part of your stomach and connect. Uh, I think they take out a part of your stomach, your pancreas, and then they connect a whole bunch of shit. A part of your esophagus, I believe. 
And it's just extremely traumatizing. And, you know, even, even a decade ago, that would be like, I mean, it's still extremely major surgery. But even with, like, the technology, the type of technology that they use, even in, you know, more, more, um, even more common medicine is, uh, is, is pretty, it's pretty impressive. And this would be, this would be a big breakthrough, even though, you know, they're going to charge us out of the ass for it, for these procedures, you know, they won't be able to profit off of anything, but right. actual, the actual procedure itself, which would be another can of worms that would be opened up. Right. This is my opinion. And yeah, I see a lot of, uh, in the comments, people are saying she needs to be protected. Yeah. Cause like, if this is true, if this post is true and she's not, if it's not just like a theory and she actually has found a way to cure it, then she got, like, she needs, like, some fucking security or something. Cause, yes, sir. Because the government is about to be on her ass, like, real quick. Because, again, we've talked about this um, just in person and stuff. Like, I mean, I think we both would agree that there's already a cure, a cure out there for cancer. Yeah. It just hasn't been publicly um, announced. Because there's too much money in the healthcare uh medicine medi- uh medical field sure and chemo already chemo radiation can kind of be like a double-edged sword it's like they can profit off of it and it is in a way population control in my opinion because it's like it's not really that good it's not good for you at all it's all it's really what, what i would say is literally decimating your body to try to get rid of cancer like it just doesn't make sense for modern medicine yeah the concept so yeah, um, once again, yeah that that is a uh, black history, you know, just something to add in there, and yeah that that checks off all of the the topics that I had wrote down for today's episode. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we uh, didn't mention? Um, I'm not sure if we actually touched on the the wilder fight. Ah, nah, I, I thought about it. Yeah, but no, we haven't. You can uh, sound off. Yeah. yeah, you know, that was interesting. With the, I haven't actually watched the actual fight, but, you know, that was the big thing over the weekend um, was the uh, Deontay Wilder, the Bronze Bomber, and uh, Ferry. And, you know, I had a discussion about this, you know, just about the actual sport. And, you know, we all can remember we we, we kind of saw it. We didn't foresee him getting, his, getting beat like they say. His geek got beat, but we knew that, you know, even in the first fight, uh, Fury, he outboxed him. Yeah. Even though he got knocked down a lot, of, he got knocked down. He outboxed. He absolutely outboxed Wilder. I agree. So we all, we all feel like you know, if he would have just worked on his wind, worked on his chin, and just eliminate the knockdowns, and just be more strategic and defensive with his boxing, that you know he would, pro- he would, pro- he would definitely beat him. But it's like everything, I guess, played together for Fury. Um, but you know. They couldn't have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna go about with this. I, I said they're gonna try to do three fights, uh, but I think they would have been more realistic if it would have been closer. You know, a TKO in the seventh round is. I think it would be. It would be hard. I think they would lose money the third fight compared to the first two. Yeah. So this really might be done with. And you know, my cousin brought up a good good point earlier. He was saying this possibly could have ended his career if he doesn't recover right or uh, uh, Wilder. Yeah, and Wilder fired his uh his ringside 
crew, if I'm not mistaken. He saw he saw shook. Yeah, he he was for sure because his his whole equal uh, equilibrium was fucked up. He was bleeding out his ear. I watched the entire fight via free ninety nine, um, and Wilder was getting his ass whooped from the beginning. The first round, hey, I, I, every round I had it going to um to Fury. Like you said, the first fight I watched the first fight as well. Wilder has no fucking technique at all. All he has None. is power. He he's a one trick pony. If he can't land that right hand, he's fucked. And he couldn't land it at all. And Fury brought the fight to him, and he fucked him up. And you know he was making excuses saying that his costume before the fight made his legs weak. But at the end of the day, who told you to put on that shit? Like he put on like yeah, this, yeah. this huge ass like, like he said it was forty pounds. This black costume where he was wearing like a look like a helmet. Or something. Let me see if I can try to find a picture of it so I can describe it. It's like he looks like a fucking um. He looks like a knight, like a. It's a, he's wearing all black. He's got like glowing red um, lights around his eyes, and he just looks like an idiot. Like I mean, he's got the black crown. It's you know like it's all bedazzled, bedazzled up and shit. But I'm like, who told you to wear that shit? Like. You know, he's got all black on, you know, trying to be, I guess, menacing and shit, but it was just too extra. Mind you, uh, Fury was extra, too, with being carried into the ring and shit. He had women carrying him into the ring, which I thought was interesting wow. in 2020 to see that. Um, and Fury's like 6'9", by the way. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, Fury just beat his ass. Like, and ain't no excuses for that, you know? I I was laughing at the memes and shit, but Wilder never was a great... He's not a good boxer. He's just a one-trick pony at the end of the day, you know? And Fury just... He just got outboxed, and I don't see a third fight happening because Wilder just does not have no technique whatsoever. And he fired his... He fired uh, his manager because he was mad that he... uh. He threw in the towel. But if he didn't throw in, well, not throw in the towel, he was about to throw in the towel. But if, if he didn't, he would have fucking, his career, he could have ended up dead. They could have ended up dead if the fight didn't stop, in my opinion. He could have. Damn, like that. Yeah, he was that fucked. He was that wobbly. His, I'm telling you, he was, he was bleeding from his ear. Like, he had, I think he had internal bleeding. Like, seriously. Damn. Yeah. They, and people, yeah, my cousin said he was embarrassed. He, he felt embarrassed for him. Yeah, he one wrong hit to the back of the head could have been put his ass into a coma or something. Like yeah. seriously. So they, you know, the, the ref did the right thing on stopping the fight. And even if the ref didn't stop the fight, like I said, his uh his uh trainer was going to throw in the towel, and he was mad about it right after the the ref stopped the fight. He's like, "What the fuck? Like, why he stopped the fight? Like." He was clearly out of it, like he had a concussion. But he just got embarrassed, man. Of course, it happens in Black History Month. Of course, it's a white man beating a black man's ass. Of course, he sings American Pie right after the fight. Like, it's, yeah, this whole month is gonna be hella attacks on us. You gotta keep your yeah. We gotta realize that. Uh, but you know, whatever. Just we can't invest out too much of our energy into it. Yeah, we got three more days. You know, it's a leap year, so. 29th so we got still three more days of black history month and it's been one to remember for sure 
see what kind of bullshit we got to deal with in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, man, that fight was just, like, crazy, dude, like, just to see. And Fury did everything he said he was going to do. He was just going to bring the fight to him and try to knock him out. And that's exactly what he did. So we'll see what happens from here. And, um, yeah, if you if you didn't have anything else to to discuss, I think that's a good stopping point. Yeah, you know, uh, we we left the left a lot of topics on the table, so yeah, it's a good stopping point. All right. Well, as always, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast um, on SoundCloud, like the podcast, repost it share it via social media or word of mouth. You know, word of mouth is always the best promotion. Also follow us on SoundCloud at divine council podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at podcast divine. Um, if you listen to this via the Apple podcast app, if you could give us a, a rating, a five-star rating helps with visibility. It will be much appreciated. And um, as always, I wanted to leave the listeners with a quote. Okay, and this quote is from Helen Keller. When one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. Until next time.